Welcome to Turf Business TV, and today I'm joined by Lee Strutt, who's out in France. Lee, I'll let you give her the pronunciation of where you're actually working now. Um, I work at Le Bord uh, International Golf Club at uh, Down in Loire in France. And you moved out when? Uh, I moved out in February this year. Great timing, Lee, is all I can say. I mean, we know you from uh, the Royal Automobile Club for many years in Epsom there. Um, what attracted you to going overseas then? I've always had, I guess like most people had, uh, career uh, objectives and goals. Um, and one of those was I was very keen to um, work overseas. It could have been the US, Asia, uh, but this opportunity come up in Europe, come down and looked at it and it just ticked so many boxes um, that I couldn't say no. So it was uh, fulfilling a lifelong ambition. And, and how did the approach come about? Was it something you went looking for or did they come and knock on your door? Um, a, kind of a, a kind of bit of a both, really. Uh, I was contacted by Chris Haspel. Uh, they were looking for someone to do a grow-in in France. Um, I, said, and, and I said I was really interested. Um, but however, I didn't really want to have my uh, name put forward until I could really commit to whether I really wanted the position or not. So... Uh, last summer, last August, I uh, had a long weekend, come down to France, come to look at the property, uh, spent some time with Neil Cameron, who's the shaper with Gil Hans. Um, looked, looked at the first uh, nine holes that we walked the course. And uh, I said to uh, Sam, my wife, I said, I love it here. Great location. Um, I love the golf course. We walked the back nine. Went to the club and I said, the drink afterwards and then we spent uh, the rest of the weekend uh, looking around the area because as much as I was really sold on the location and the project I wanted to make sure that uh, my wife Sam could be equally as happy here um, and she said from what we saw she really liked the opportunity as well so went from there went back to Chris Haspel and said look I'm really interested um, put my CV, uh, put my name forward, um, and then had uh, an interview in uh, November, um, and the rest is history, and I'm here. So November to a start in February. Um, if, if you'd have known what you know now, it might have <laughs> changed things a little bit, I guess. Would, would it really have changed your outlook? No, no, no. It's, um, it's one of the things with uh, doing a construction growing is, is that it becomes um, obsessive. It becomes all-consuming. You, you live, breathe the site. You weather plays such a major part of the project that every opportunity to uh, grow grass, get the site stabilized, um, is, is paramount. So really for the last six months, my life has been all about the construction growing so the whole coronavirus thing hasn't really impacted me too much apart from early days where we had to have documentation going to and from work you know that side of things hasn't really impacted me um, but it's i guess moving country going to work for a new employer do a construction uh, position such as this you know they're just laden with challenges and things that you don't know and things that crop up 
the coronavirus was just another line to the challenge, as it were. Um, and I was just recently thinking, um, were, you know, if I had my time again, would I have not taken a position? And I don't think that's been the case. I would have still taken it. I've just, I've, uh, I've enjoyed every moment being out here. And Sammy, has she settled in okay? Is, is working from home in France any different to working from home in the UK for her? That's probably the most common question people ask Sam um, about this. But she's been working from home oh, since uh, 2016, 15. So she's done about five years already at home. It's her office slightly warmer. Her, her daily routine for going for a walk before she starts work is a bit more attractive. She goes and walks down in front of the Loire. Um, if anything, the whole situation with now communicating and connecting via Zoom has played to, into her hands. She's been so used to working from home that apart from she used to work in the UK at home, she now works from home in a French house. It's for her, it's no different, but the whole situation of this connection now is everyone else is now working remotely that she's really used to. So for her, it's, it's been really no difference. The reason I asked that question, Lee, is because quite often we focus on what it's like for the guy who's looking after the turf to, to up sticks and move, but quite often the family situation gets left behind. But so, it's been a really positive experience for, for your wife in that, in that respect, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we had to have some pretty brutal conversations before, before we finally made the decision to come out here. Um, quite a, I spoke to quite a few um, individuals that have really gone to work overseas and really, as much as it's easy to listen to the positives, it's asking the difficult questions about well what do you do outside work how do you uh, fit into the community what's your best advice um, and nearly every time someone saying to me is like you know your relationship is a partnership and if one side of this partnership is not um, on board with this opportunity um, that you might well succeed, but your relationship might not. So it's important to have uh, both agreements to enter into this, whether it fails or succeeds. Um, unless your partner's on board, um, you could be handicapped before you even started. So we were very clear of, well, if this works, how is it going to pan out? Uh, if this doesn't work, how is it going to pan out for, for Sam? As long as she had a computer connection, if it failed, she would just go back to working in a room, wherever that may be in the UK. It would probably be me that would be impacted more than her. So um, we wanted to make sure that uh, where we lived outside of the board um, was somewhere that she would be quite happy to live. And we've done a lot of exploring here um we've probably haven't in integrated as much with the community as we would have done but lots of festivals and community events have been cancelled because of the virus uh, but we've really got to know the team very well at the board 
uh, and they've been very accommodating of Sam. Uh, uh, we know our neighbours very well, but also we make a big point of trying to speak the language and understand the culture. Um, and I think that's allowed us to, to fit in really well. I think we were speaking to Scott Brooks, who's moved down to Nice Football Club, and uh, he's saying pretty much the same thing. He's moved out there, he's, he's on his own, he's not got a family he's taken with him, but you know, getting involved in the community, he got, he got out there a little bit earlier than you, about a month or so earlier, I think has been an important part for him. But learning the language, I think, uh, possibly helps you get more respect from your team as well, would that be right? Uh, definitely, definitely. And I think if we'd have flipped this around, if we had someone come to the UK that was not prepared to learn the language, I don't think as a community that we would help them. Not because we wouldn't want to help them, but on a basic level, if we can't communicate, then where does that level of respect start? Um, it's in some respects, it's quite easy for me to communicate because I do a lot of translation or I email it, but it's the conversations that you can't have. You know, sometimes are at work and sometimes are outside work. Um, and just being able to speak on the same level, I think is really important. And I think, let's say, respect does come apart because if you want to be part of that community, you've got to integrate yourself and part of that is the language. So let's, let's move on to the project now then. So... You took the role. Um, what was the brief for you? What was the, the opening statement? Oh, these things change every time. Uh, so when I, when I first come out here, this was just to, um, this is the second course to the board. And it was a Gilhans uh, design, um, under, uh, the construction undertaken by Soul Golf. And my brief was just to simply grow in the new course. Um, subsequently, uh, when I took over, the brief was to grow in the new Gilhans course, was to advise on the old course and to advise on the estate. Um, after six months, I'm now uh, still in charge of growing in the new course, I'm now in charge of the old course and I'm now in charge of the estate. So the brief has changed somewhat, um, which is really nice it's added an extra slight dimension to the challenge. Um, but I think it's every position is what you make of it. If people can see um, opportunity within you, um, then that brief could well easily change. So it's developed in the, what, not quite six months you've been there now? Yes, yeah. Okay, and... The, the project as it started out, the growing in, is that where you want it to be or has that kind of hit any snags? We had a lot of difficulties to start with, purely driven by coronavirus. We had, for the first three months, we had four people working on a course that should have had 20. Um, we've had delays in getting machinery. Uh, some of that is red tape. Some of it's a lot of the companies that we're dealing with they're having reduced staff so they can't deliver to the, the times that they normally used to driving the weather has certainly been on our side um, that's helped a lot i would say we're more or less just a bit we've probably gained a lot of time uh, that we lost but we're still probably we're probably about two weeks behind on the project but we'll probably over the winter we'll make up for that so by 
next May will be ready. And that's the opening date, is it, May? That would be the opening date for the membership. Uh, that's what we're working towards. And we will have uh, open to the press probably June next year. It's a big, big estate. So Laborde is, is private. Uh, it's only open to members and guests. We probably sit with about 120 members at the moment where the site is about 1,400 acres. So it's just a small parcel of land. Um, we've developed a natural outside pool. We've got the two golf courses. We've got uh, horse riding, uh, mountain bike, there's quads. Um, so there's quite a bit of development work. We've got developing 48 housing plots at the start of early next year. And we've got six senses on board who can develop our uh, chateau as a boutique hotel. So it's, it's a resort that is being created and you're in kind of the, the start of that or is it already kind of yes, established? Yes, it, it, it is part of a resort, um, but golf is very separate from the resort. So um, if you stay at the hotel, you, unfortunately, you can't play uh, golf on the two main courses. Uh, we have had, uh, we've got a, a par three 10 hole golf course that was um, built and that will be open to the hotel. Um, but golf stays very, very um, private. So in terms of the brief and, and the, the growing and the maintaining and improving the, the old course, is it much different to what you de were dealing with in the UK? Um, it, it's, it's quite interesting. When I look at my career, there's every part of my career has fulfilled a niche here it's just, it didn't all come from RAC. It didn't all come from G, G West. It didn't all come from Richmond Golf Club. It's just different aspects of my education and experience as collectively all come together. Um, you know, certain parts of what I do here, I think, oh, well, that was, that. I went through all of that at G West. There's other parts where we look at it. It's like, well, I've done all that at RAC. So the different components have all come together, and I guess, it's that lifetime experience that all um, collectively allow you to take on a very senior role such as this. And in, in terms of varieties or the, the type of systems you're employing, have you had to change anything because of the environment and the climate? We'll, we'll put to, to side culture for one moment. Uh, I would say there's been quite a bit of um, uh, bringing a modern day thinking towards the team. Um, and that's no reflection on the French team. Um, I guess I've been very fortunate to move in circles that probably deal at the, the very high end and front end of um, technical management of turf within golf. Um, and bringing that to here has been interesting because you, I'm, I'm talking about things that I would readily talk about in the UK that they probably not really grasped here in France. So it's bringing the team um, up to speed with uh, the latest developments and to reassure them that I'm not just bringing witchcraft uh, to, to the golf course. You know, there is, a, there is a necessary reason and theory behind that. And the culture and the working ethic of, of people, and I, working ethic's probably the the wrong word, the work culture. 
Has that been something you've had to adjust to? Is it very different to how you would normally work back in the UK, for instance? Um, I, I think it's very easy to believe into being told what actually happens overseas actually does. So I would say the, the typical UK attitude would be, well, the French don't really work very hard. They only work 35 hours a week and they're not very professional. Um, and I would have to say it's complete opposite. Uh, yes, they do work 35 hours, but those 35 hours don't include their lunch break. So they have an hour's lunch break. Well, that, if you include their lunch break, that's a 40-hour week. So actually, they're not that much different than the UK. Um, they're very passionate. They're very committed and they work very hard. Um, probably one of the hardest working teams I've ever worked with. And that's not just the greenkeeping department. That's within the management and all the other de uh, departments we have here. Um, extremely professional, extremely polite, very welcoming, very accommodating. Um, and it's been a very positive experience to what we would have been led to believe um, how the French work. And in terms of greenkeeping as a profession, how's that viewed in France? Have you got a, an idea on that? It, in France, it's seen as a very rare occupation. Um, the greenkeepers known as uh, jardines, which is gardeners, um, which I refuse to call them that. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they're greenkeepers. Um, but there's only about 600 golf courses in France. And if you think there's uh, two and a half thousand in the UK, and you consider that UK is roughly half the size of France, you know, this makes a, a very minority uh, sport in the UK. So, I mean, my nearest golf club is uh, about 30 kilometers away, so about half an hour. So, I don't even have competition from greenkeepers being poached or me attracting other greenkeepers. So, the people that you that we would get are people that actually either fall in love with greenkeeping, they fall into the job by chance, um, or someone that has a passion for golf and they, they look for it this way. So um, I would say greenkeeping is a very unique occupation. And I would say for the majority of people in France, if you said you're a greenkeeper, they wouldn't have a clue what you do. So I guess if you are looking to recruit, does it make it difficult? but it makes it easier to keep them, I guess. Uh, yes, I would say uh, retention is, is good in the respect that you, you would lose them to a greenkeeping job, but you could lose them into agriculture or other positions. I mean, a lot of um, uh, uh, youngsters, they want to live and work in the towns. So they don't want to work rurally. Uh, we're quite lucky. We're about half an hour away from Orléans, which is quite a big, city um probably all on i don't know maybe the size of probably not quite as big as bath so but still really big and then we go about another 15 minutes the other way and we're going down at tour and that's another big um city as well um but you can lose people you do get some people that will work to a very strict time directive so four o'clock is a finished time four o'clock time is and they finish so you could lose them to another industry because i don't want to work outside i don't want to get cold i don't want to get wet so you have a lot of people that 
like I say, they like the idea of working outside, but they actually they've not ex have no idea what greenkeeping is. So you could lose right. them by. They just don't like it. Now, in terms of recruitment, are you going to be staffing up? We say you had four people that where it should have been twenty. You're running at full capacity now. Uh, no, we're still probably running at half capacity, and that's just uh, because of the coronavirus. We've now missed the boat to do any recruitment, so we're just having to deal with the situation. Uh, but then we'll review that for early next year. Um, we'll probably start to look to do a recruitment in November, um, and that will probably be that will probably be a mix between overseas and, and local people. Okay, so you, you want to bring in some experienced people from elsewhere, yeah? Uh, it's part of yes and no. We had four people that started with this year as seasonals, never worked on golf before, and I couldn't have asked for four uh, great uh, individuals uh, to come and work for us. They've really taken duck to water. They've really enjoyed it. Uh, we've got really uh, got them in ingrained in what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, so if we could have more of those types of people, fantastic. My concern is we wouldn't be able to get the volume of people. So if we need another 10 people next year, I don't think we would get another 10 local people. But also right. part of um, our, make, our membership makeup is uh, European, UK, and US. Um, you, you know, it would be good to have uh, an international flavor within the team as well. And from so far, what is your you know your best achievement? What are you you pleased with most? Uh, I'm very proud of the work the team have put in. Uh, part part of my remit was France predominantly doesn't grow pure fescue surfaces. That's something that's um, slightly alien to them. Um, and I've shown the team how we can grow pure fescue greens on pure sand. Um, and lots of oh you can't do that oh you know this is not done and we've we've talked about it discussed it done it and they've seen the results and seeing them with that un that understanding um, has been you know I've been really really pleased and just let's say it's having this open dialogue talking about what we want to achieve what can be done you know when you get there oh you can't do that it's showing them the evidence, showing what can be done and, you know, winning over their respect um, so that they have as much trust in me as I have in them. So that's been, um, that's been extremely rewarding. And what has been, you know, the most surprising thing for you? What didn't you expect? Uh, I didn't expect it to get as hot as it does. Uh, I was doing some weather data uh, today. And from May right up until now, every month we've hit 30. Our highest temperature was 39.2. Um, and when it get boy, when it gets hot, it gets hot here. Um, so I was quite surprised at that. Uh, with the hot temperatures and pure sand and fescue, that's been quite a challenge um, to keep uh, moisture in the ground. Um, but it's, it, it, if I'm really honest, Martin, it, it, what's really surprised me is that I never really appreciated how much I would enjoy working overseas. Um, I've loved it from the moment coming here. And 
even though we've had challenges, I've never really seen him as a, as a true challenge. It's been, uh, I would say, not a challenge, but an opportunity to learn something I didn't know before. So I think that's been the, the positivity. And also, um, my French is still, as I say, very petite. Um, but I'm, I'm actually enjoying learning the language, uh, speaking with my colleagues. They correct me. Uh, more than anything else but I quite enjoy having um, the French banter um, and actually just working at a great development great location with great people. So you're enjoying the experience um, if there's one thing that's been the biggest challenge or the most frustrating thing for you what's that been? France doesn't probably move quite as fast as the UK um, so you have to forward plan forward order and it's actually made me really reflect is france wrong for um not being as prompt as the uk or is the uk wrong for just work before uh, a life so you know I, I if i send an email to the uk i'll get a response that day I send an email here, I might get it today, I might get it tomorrow, I might get it the day after. But there is an element of, um, you know, work isn't the most important thing in the world here. Um, actually having a good relationship. In France, if you want something urgent, you ring someone up. Um, if it's not urgent, it goes by email. Uh, whereas I think in the UK, we kind of got to the point where we live and die by what we do. And if we don't respond, then we might lose our job or we might not be as favorable. So it's probably made me appreciate um, maybe a better work-life balance. Okay. Um, with the project, have you learned a particular lesson and added something to your repertoire that you didn't have before you started back in February, March? I've learned to be uh a lot calmer and i think part of it is is this this level of communication you know um, i i think i've learned more to step back think uh, and then respond afterwards because part of it might be as easy as it is to assume that well i told you what to do martin and you haven't done it maybe um, and as i've learned french is the accent so important here that actually I might have turned around and asked you to do something, but I've actually told you something completely different than actually what I've said because of how they understand the conversion from English to French and the accent so important. So it's it's learning that that um, I might bear some of the burden of our success and our failures through communication. So. Sometimes it's, I've learned to be a bit more patient and sit back and um, let things roll out before acting upon them. We've seen a, a fair few Brits go abroad. There seems to be quite a, a trend, certainly on the, the, the winter sports side of things, for groundsmen to go off and work in, in Europe in particular and, and farther afield. Um, a few British greenkeepers have gone out elsewhere as well. Uh, yourself, Steve Chappell, uh, two of the, the more notable ones recently. If somebody else is thinking of this, what's the one thing that you would say is a must do? Give me one top tip. Embrace it. If you're going to go overseas, 
you're going to want to do it. Um, do as much research as you can. Um, go and visit the site. Go and speak to who you're going to work to, work for. Get a true a true understanding of what they want from you, and what it, what you're bringing to that development. Um, and commit to it. You know, don't it's. I don't think there's anywhere that's a paradise. I think you know everywhere has their hurdles, but uh, I think there's quite a few people that want to do it, but never brave enough to do it. But let's say if you're going to do it, jump in with both feet. Don't do it half-hearted because people will see it. So if you're going to come here, be genuine. You know, learn the language, understand the community, understand the culture. Um, and want to have a flavour of that. If you're, if you don't like uh, the culture, then you're never going to fit in. But I think one of the advantages, I think, UK and I'm going to say Ireland as well, within this brief of um, professionals is sometimes in Europe. They need people to say, I want someone that understands what they want to achieve and are driven to get on and do it. So we have certainly the culture, the experience, the heritage within sports tech. Um, and that's what they're buying is, is that I understand what you want and I'm going to get on and deliver it for you. Lee, fascinating as always to talk to you. Um, Really wish you success with the project down there and uh, I look forward to coming out in June for the press trip and uh, finding out all more about it. <laughs> no problem. Good to speak to you.